It's pretty awesome to start us off though, right? Uh, sort of bring in the atmosphere of, of conversation. You guys get to hear uh, what I've worked on, my thoughts, and, and what I want to communicate. It sets the, the groundwork for those to come, right? So that's, of course, it's, it's, it's probably a little nervous, right, to start things off, but uh, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good responsibility. And uh, honestly, describing myself too is a story of responsibility. So family life, right? I'm from Nigeria. Um, I came to the US in 2010. And what that means is that pretty much the first half of my, I lived two different lives, right? The first half of my life was spent in Nigeria, um, growing up with, with my family at the time, and which uh, constituted of my mom, my dad, my grandmother, and my two older siblings. It was three of us, right? Now there's five. Right, so a lot has changed. And life in life in Nigeria was quite different, right? Um, growing up back home in, in Nigeria was quite different. And, and what I mean by that is that um, society, right? And, and it's something I'm also gonna talk about a little bit, a little bit later on, right? Um, but family-wise, it, it wasn't the easiest. And the, and the kind of privilege I have now in the U.S. coming to TCNJ, uh, studying engineering, those things weren't realities I envisioned, right, when I was a young boy. Um, but it's things that my dad, my father envisioned, and he was somebody that has left an immense impact in my life. And also my mom, right? I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't not uh, speak about her. So growing up, my reality was quite different. And, and what I mean by that is that things, things were hard and, and not in the sense of working double shifts and having to, you know, meet the bills and pay bills, but just the, the rigors of life, right? The situations and, and there's a certain level of comfort. And, and I'm actually going to maybe talk a little bit about that too, as well. Um, and, and it's not to say like, you I'm telling people not to go to Nigeria or not to travel to the to third world countries, right? But it's to give it an insight into other people's lives in the world, right? Um, and, and I've been talking from very over overview level, right? But but time to get uh, really, really personal. So family family is important to me, right? Um, but I didn't quite understand what that meant until I got a little bit older, right? So growing up, uh, things were tough. And it, it's kind of funny that I say that now, but the most, the most of my life, I actually grew up without my parents, right? I just, I just came up here and told you about how awesome my mom and my dad were. Uh, but it's quite interesting to also say most of my life, I the young part of my life, I didn't grow up with parents, right? Um, I had, I guess you said a parental figure, right, in, in my grandmother, but she, in her elderly age, she wasn't running around with me around the street trying to get me to calm down, right? She didn't, she didn't have the energy to do so. Um, so as a child, especially f from a guy, I, I struggle with a, with a lot of things, and, and authority was one of them, right? Um, not having that, that parental figure in my life, especially a father, I, I didn't listen to anybody, right? It took me a while um, to understand what that meant too as well. But a lot of it comes from not necessarily abandonment. I didn't really feel abandoned. I didn't even know what abandonment 
honestly meant at the time, but th there's a certain separation, right? Uh, an understanding of love, uh, the, 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 the gap between, okay, who am I, who are my parents and, and why am I here? That's a, that, that's a very, that's a very strong thing for a child to think. But I, I didn't think all these when I was, when I was really young, but it had an effect on me, right? And that effect was very, <laughs> very noticeable, right? So it, it's kind of interesting though, because then now that I'm uh, thinking about it and, I, and I'm talking about it and, and a very important story that even my father says till, till today is, is when was this, 2003? Shortly after I was born, right? Shortly after I was born, um, times were getting harder, right? So my father came, uh, he came from a farming family, right? So growing up, like education wasn't a thing they cared about, right? Um, his dad, his father would rather... Um, <laughs> So they had, he had, his father had many wives, right? So back home, um, it, it wasn't monogamous relationships, right? Things were quite different. And so he had multiple wives. And if you have multiple wives, you probably have multiple kids, right? So from a farming family, he grew up, he was one of many, right? So because of that, there wasn't, there wasn't an intimate interaction with his growth as a youth, right? And that he's, he's also felt the impact of that too, but he's trying to create a better future for his kids and and he actually did a lot of that too as he was getting older um through supporting other people because he knew that was the support he needed when he was younger so uh things like that right i'm just it, it's kind of interesting but i'm trying to without just speaking a bunch of anecdotal experiences paint a better picture for you guys to understand as i sort of unravel the things i've been observing and thinking about uh the past few days So family, yeah, family is pretty complicated, right? And and for me that has lived two lives, I've experienced that complication really intensely um, with the absence of my parents growing up, and and that meant that I was a very rebellious kid. Like so, so let me let me paint you a picture. So when I, when I was younger, my grandma says this, and um, it, it's it's pretty funny. So I hope you guys laugh. All right. So, you know, when you're a little kid, right, and uh, you really don't even know how to take care of yourself, your parents kind of take care of you, uh, take care of you. So what they typically do is tell you when to brush your teeth, when to shower. And if you don't do it, they do it for you. Right. Um, so it's kind of interesting. So when I was when I was younger, I I didn't care about any of that. I just want to run around, play with my friends. And um, and <laughs> I'm going to tell you, most of my friends were older when I was younger. Right. So I, I grew up. A lot I grew up pretty fast um, surrounding myself with a bunch of older people they they showed me a bunch of things and and ways to see the world and interactions so I, I wasn't like I wasn't playing Roblox or or playing with Legos as a child I was doing actual things with my hands right having real conversations walking around town like like I was a little boy but yeah I acted like I was so grown um, so part of that too was was my community I grew up with a lot of older people but at the same time, I was still a child. <laughs> what's, what's that funny story, Sam? Why, why don't you tell us? Um, okay, so th there's a story that my, that my grandma, um, she's told me as I got older, and she even tells my parents. So she said there was this one night 
probably not even a night, there was a, there was a one time that she wanted to uh, give me a bath, right? She wanted to wash me because I've been out all day, right? And, and it's kind of interesting because once that authority thing, right? And my, my grandma's over here trying to tell me, yo, Sam, you got to take a shower, right? I'm like, no, I'm not taking a shower. What do you mean? I want to go play, right? Um, it, it got so bad that she, so she, she undressed me like you would, you would like your, your child, right? Undresses you, um, takes you to the, to the, to the shower room. And before she knows it, I was already out of the room. I ran away. Imagine that I was naked. My grandma just took all my clothes off so I could take a shower but I was like, no, 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 I'm not listening to you. I ran away. And <laughs> guess what I did? I ran to the streets, right? So imagine a young boy that all you, all I had to do was take a shower, right? I was fully naked in my own house, the comfort, the safety of my home. And what I decided to do is run away where everyone can see my nakedness. But I did, I did not give no mind to it, right? And, and it's kind of funny because it's like saying, what, what, what does this story even mean? Why, why are you sharing this with us, right? Um, but there are parts of my life that I can't, I can't remove, right? There, there are parts of me that have culminated to who I am today, right? And, and there, there's, it's a testament that I say that story, but at the same time, it, it takes me back to a time that was much different, uh, a time where a simple thing is, is taking a shower was. It's, it's routine, it's easy, but to me, that was frustration. I, were, I would rather be naked on the streets than have my grandma bathe me. But how do, how do I even make sense of that, right? Um, and and a, a lot of that comes down to me being, I was a very restless kid. Um, growing up without structure, growing up without parents, growing up without the, the necessary love I, I, I thought I needed to make sense of the world and, and to me. So I found that in my community, right? I found that in the people I grew up with, but that was a very hard process, right? Um, so I learned a lot of responsibility when I was younger, right? Look at me trying to describe myself. That That's just family, right? So that's one half of my life, yet there's another half in the U.S., right? So I came to the U.S. in 2010 by the grace of God. A lot of things fell in place at the time that it did, and, and I was supposed to be in this country a lot before, right? The, the way I'm communicating to you all, to you guys right now is also part of what I'm going to talk about, right? Language, right? Understanding, communicating. That's also something that I wanted to touch upon too as well, right? But I came to the U.S., and now I have uh, two younger siblings. I'm one of five. I'm the middle child, um, which is it, it's quite interesting, right? Because uh, there, there's a common understanding of the role of, of a middle child, right? Sort of in the middle, um, you're, you're not sort of getting that immense responsibility of the older children, but as, as well as the, the freedom of the younger ones, right? So you expect the, the older children to be more ordered and, and the younger ones to be more, have more freedom, right? So, but at the same time, I, I was put in a position being the middle child that I experienced a lot of things both ways. So that's a little bit about family, right? Right, so then who, who am I today? Uh, and a lot of that has shaped who, I, who am I academically, Right. Um, my, my dad, given the situations that he dealt with as a child, not having the education that he needed, not having the support that he needed. He really cared about education. He saw it as a way out. Right. Getting educated was a way for him to make something of himself. So growing up naturally, of course, when I have more time with him in the U.S., he instilled that in me and my and my siblings. So academics and, and not just like routine academics of 
oh, I just want to get good at good grades and, and call it a day, but actually being rooted in the material. And, and not just like, I, I don't go home and the first thing I want to do is flip open a textbook and start reading. No, that's not the kind of academics I'm talking about. But at the same time, looking at this material, looking at this, this, this textbook and saying, I want to understand what is inside of this, right? So the level of, of, of knowledge and, and interacting with knowledge so you can create things, right? So even a spoken word, right? Even poetry or singing, it, it's, it's, creating from what you know, your knowledge, right? A lot of that knowledge comes from different forms, but education is, is liberation. It, it, it frees you. It creates situations so that you can take what others have created before, right? And then you can add your own uniqueness to it, right? So interacting with academia in that sense was quite meaningful. But what does that mean as well? Athletics, right? I, I, I play football here at the College of New Jersey, so <laughs> I would consider myself a big athlete, right? Um, I, I was always competitive when I was younger, even from a good old age of running outside the house naked, running away from my grandma. I mean, that could, that could probably be in a sport in a, in a sense, right? Um, the, the chasing, the, the running away. In that sense, I held always, it was a competitive edge, I felt, um, and not necessarily a feeling, but it, it was a motivation. I'm always competitive, right? Um, and, and not just in the classroom too, but, but definitely on the field. And it's the kind of competition where it's not, I'm, I'm not looking at somebody else and saying, oh, that's who I want to be. It's, okay, there's something they know. There's something I don't know. Let me learn what they know so I can improve myself. That kind of competition. Right. So that athletic edge or that athletic ability has translated to me also caring deeply about who I am, my story, <laughs> what is my competitive advantage in the world. Right. All these things are constitute who I am. And, and I, I think in a way I'm trying to convey that to you guys. And, and I, I said I was going to take a little bit, but. Now as I'm, as I'm talking and, and trying to uh, communicate, it's taking longer than I expected. So uh, bear with me. So then who, I, who am I here at TCNJ, right? Like what's my persona? If you give a monologue, like a monologue is, is unraveling. Let's say you, there's a character that you're playing. Right. Usually think about monologues in, in, in film and movies. It's, it's a it's an extended, not even a dialogue, but it's an extended conversation where somebody's unraveling their character. Right. So in, in a way, um, communicating who I am. Right. My, my persona. Now I'm I'm turning the wheels over to who I am here at TCNJ. All right, so <laughs> it, this this is complicated, but at the same time, let me let me let me give you a short uh, a short description, right? So here at TCNJ, I'm I'm an engineering major. I, I started off as mechanical engineering. Now I'm engineering management because I, I realized that of course I want to know how to you know um, learn the engineering discipline, but I also care about being able to manage other engineers to create something right so it, it on a very on a very high level just just understanding what my role is and understanding other people's roles and, and understanding how to facilitate 
right? A conversation between all these different skill sets and create something from that, right? So a lot of that is, is the manager, managerial aspect of engineering, right? Um, without boring you guys all with the, with the any, any gritty details. Well, yeah, that's that's who I am here. But I'm also a football player, right? So I, I play I play football here, and and the TCNJ football team hasn't been good in a couple of years, right? But I hope, and I hope to be the change, or I hope to be part of the process of getting better. And that is not easy, right? It's a lot of hard conversations um, behind closed doors. There's a lot of communicating truth and honesty about what's our problem, what role do we have to play in that, and what can we do to achieve the kind of success that we want, right? It's the, whole, it's the entire inner dialogue of, of anyone that desires to be successful, right? It's something that you, you wake up and, you, and you, not probably immediately, but you ask yourself, what role do I have to play in my story without necessarily blaming other people for my results? And I think this also segues now perfectly into um, the two things I really wanted to talk about, right? The first thing is, is my observations on, on order and freedom, right? Um, kind of interesting, right? So I said, um, older siblings, a little bit more structured, a little bit more ordered in terms of this is your role within the family, especially coming from like a, a Nigerian household. That means it's a very, we're, we're honorable people, right? And, and what that means is that your, your attitude, your character, um, what you exude towards other people can be deemed culturally as honorable or, or dishonorable. So in a sense, like respect is not just a, a, a conversation or, or you or you trying to appease somebody by by men like not trying to. If they have boundaries, if someone has set boundaries, right, you try not to overstep them because you, you want to respect them. Right. But at the same time, I'm talking about the type of honor that's rooted in even your language, right? Like <laughs> things that we say in our language can either be honorable or dishonorable. So the tense and the way that you speak is also really important too as well. So that's that's something, right? So that order thing, right? What, what's, what's order? And, and what I mean by that is it, it is structured, right? And, and I, I did a little bit of research on, on Merriam-Webster uh, dictionary because I wanted to sort of characterize categorize the, the different domains in which you apply order and freedom, right? So there's the self that the, like me right now, I'm talking like I'm, I'm, I'm the self. There's, there's the group, right? Um, people that a group of individuals assemble together or having unifying relationship. There's the community, right? Um, probably it's an understanding that, okay, a group of people, it's a group of people. They share similar similar qualities. They, they might think or reason the same, but yet they also reside in the same location, right? So a group of people within a central location. And then there's also the societal aspect too, right? So, I mean, I, I could, to, to really explain what I mean by order, I, I have to give a whole spiel about it, right? But ultimately what I mean is, is, there's a certain level, there's a certain relationship between order and freedom in a society, or even for yourself, right, for your group, for your community, and for the society, right? Without enough order, right, <laughs> it's hard to get things done, right? When everybody's on their own lane, doing their own thing, when everything, not necessarily everything, but there's no cert, there's no set, or at least a, a, 
an example or a structure in which to follow, right? Order. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean, Sam? What, what do you mean by that? Right? But there's also freedom, right? Just the ability to, to do whatever. There's there's ways you could classify freedom, but um, but in the sense, like, I guess, freedom to, to make choices, right? Um, so think about it like that, right? So, so, I, I say these things because I just want you. I want to get you guys thinking, and, and I introduce myself a little bit because I hope you understand that because of the unique circumstances that I grew up with, I tend to think a lot about these meaningful things, right? Such as order and freedom, and a lot of it occurs in observations, right? On um, me just walking, and I notice something that helps it. it it, it, it like opens up my mind and I start thinking about the impact and the meaning behind that observation. So now let me talk about communication and language. So when I got to the, to the States, I had to take an English second language course. And what that meant is that, so Nigeria was colonized by England, right? So it, the, the language uh, of the country was English, but it wasn't American English, right? It was passing by English, like like the kind of English where you spoke your native tongue, but at the same time you threw in some English words to make it make sense, right? So that kind of English. So when I came to the States, I really had to learn how to communicate in English, right, with with my peers. So that took some lengthy process too. And and of course you talk about you know bullying because you don't you don't adequately speak like those around you, right? If you're an, if you're an outsider, people tend to look at you, right? It, it's just natural. If you're an outsider, you, you stick out. So people notice that, especially children, they ask a lot of questions, right? So I, I experienced the um that gap, right? That societal gap when I was growing up, and, and I wish I had time to, to go into that. So the real reason why I wanted to talk about language too as well is because not too long ago, I was thinking about our, our thought life, right? Do you guys think about what language you, you thinking? You think, so if you can speak multiple languages, okay, raise your hand if you can speak multiple languages. You can. What, what language do you guys think in? English? Right? Okay. And, and it's kind of interesting because I asked me that, I asked myself the same language, the same question too because... I know at least three, two languages, and I and I claim I know Spanish, but but I really don't. I mean, I, I know some phrases, but it, I I if you threw me in a Spanish-speaking country, I would be lost. So I don't count that as knowing the language. But I bring this up to say that having been in the U.S. for so long, right? My thought life, my the way that I think or even dream is 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 most predominantly in English but like what is why why do you bring that up what's the meaning of that right um it, it's kind of interesting to say because now when I communicate with people from back home there's there's a gap and not necessarily a gap like where it's like oh you don't know certain words or or know the depth of what you're talking about but a lot of the things I'm able to articulate in English now is because of the language of my thought life, right? So the things that I think, right, are the things that I'm able to articulate. But I don't think in my, the, the, the language is, is Yoruba, right? I don't think in that language as much anymore. I can communicate in that language and I can speak that language when it's effective, right? Um, but at the same time, because I think and, and I've studied and a lot of the complex things that I know about um, uh, of, of life and even the things that I'm 
speaking today, like that's all research done in English, right? So for me to communicate that in Yoruba would be very, very complicated. But why, why would you bring up a conversation about language, right? Um, but, I, but I did it for a reason because it was an observation that I made, right? So the, the question is, what is the language of your thought life? In, interpreting and translating ideas and concepts from the mind to others, right? Um, we, we all, at least you aspire to get others to understand what you mean. Like, what, what do you mean by that, right? Um, but, but highly, it, it starts from the mind, like what you're thinking. So if you can clearly understand your own thoughts, then you can clearly articulate your thoughts to other people, right? Um, and it, there's there's gaps in that too when you when you're talking to somebody that there's certain slang that they know that you don't know. Like there, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things within that, right? But but that's also something that's um, pretty interesting. So the I'm getting to the point now in this conversation where I'm just like letting you guys know some thoughts I've had the, the, the past few months or the past few weeks, right? So the language of, of your thoughts, the language of your thoughts, order and freedom, the relationship between that and the society, right? Uh, too much order and, and everything gets sort of robotic. And, and in a way, I, I would hate to bring this example up, but you you talk about like politics, right? Um, if you guys have done research into the, the the, the, the government in, in China, the communist government in China, and, and the kind of war that they're, they're living in today. Um, but, but it's not something I can speak of a lot because I'm not somebody that looks at this research a lot, right? So if I was to speak and, 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 and present my opinions on it, it, it won't be as credible as it needs to be. So I, will, I would reserve from, from speaking too highly of that. But just order, right? Without with too much order, things lose a, a sense of, of meaning. Where now you're you're the freedom associated with that, being able to to take a certain like if someone lays out specifications for 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 a project or or um, for a paper or things like that. There's there's order to it, there's structure to it. But now you add in your own freedom in terms of exercising, right? Your your will to to create something along the lines of 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 a like it, it's a it's a construct, right? It, it's a it's a sample. It's something for you to pick from. And there's different ways to order order things. But the relationship that I'm trying to communicate is that um, order and freedom are, are essential to uh, uh, a an efficient, effective, successful, uh, su successive society. And it's something that I would um, probably recommend for you guys to think on. It's funny. I I gave myself a limit to speak for what fifteen minutes, and it's it's been twenty six. So, jeez. If if I'm boring you guys, you can <laughs> you can shake your head in the back. I'll see y'all. All right. So almost done here, right? And and the and the last thing I wanted to leave you guys with was keys. I I say it's it's keys to sustainable growth. Right, things that I've uh, that I've went through trial and error, have discovered. Right, um, little things, and, and this is also a conversation I had, or or thought I had the, the other day. Right, um, keys. What are the keys to sustainable growth? Right, I mean, as an athlete, I can work really hard to uh, get a certain achievement on the field, but how can I sustain? Right, that high level of success. How can I sustain that worth ethic in the classroom? Right, um, and and. A lot of that sustaining or, or the growth part of it is the results, right? So results are important. Like we, we need results and it's the, it's the benchmark or it's the way that we, we say, okay, we have, 
we have gotten a few things done and then now we have a result the things that we we the thing that you wanted to achieve, you achieved it, right? That's your result. And you can think about or you can um, think about your result even before you do those things, right? You, you start conceptualizing um, what it is that you want to get done, what result you want, and then you figure out the steps in between to get there, right? So results are important, but how can you maintain sustainable growth and, and results, right? And and the, the way I I figure to understand it is, is a focus on your character, Right. Um, and, and what that means is I, I wish I also had the time to go through that, too, as well. But your, your character is also pretty important. Right. Um, so so I, I look at it like this. If I focus on my character, if I focus on who I am, what 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 qualities and what attributes about me that leads me to the certain results that I have. Focus on those things and hone in on those things and and make the conversation about who I am, my character, then any kind of growth I'd experience will be sustainable, right? Because it's something that's intrinsic to who I am. My character is intrinsic to me. The results are external effect of who I am and my character. So I guess to, the way I was, I was thinking about it is that if I really want to achieve sustainable growth in areas of my life, right, I should focus the, the conversation on my character. Um, and it's... So things like that, and I think it's pretty ironic too, because of course we want results, and we think if we focus on the results, we will get the results. But we can, right? And and I give this example. I was thinking about it in, in terms of like making money, right? So if you understand economy, you understand buying, selling. You understand if you if you, if you give enough value to a marketplace, you get some some uh, value back to in return. And if you want to make a million dollars, for example, he's like, okay, other people have done this to make a million dollars. If I if I do X, Y, Z to make a million dollars, then I'll probably get a million dollars too, right? Um, but how can you keep that million dollars? How can you keep making that million dollars, right? And and the true, the true conversation rests on who you are and your character. Because if your character is is worth a million dollars, you will make a million dollars no matter where you go. And and I always I only I don't make the conversation all about money, right? If you want high value results, your character should also be high value as well. And and that conversation is something it's something that I, I motivate myself on. And it's it's not unique or, or singular or or just yeah, it's not unique to me. It's it's something that I've discovered through um, a, a lot of life's tribulations, a lot of um, thoughts from my, from my from my parents and the kind of upbringing that I had and the kind of love they had in order to show me these these things, right? So, focusing on my character is also important too. Um, yeah, that I think that was pretty much it, right? Um, I think that was pretty much it. So yeah, uh, thank you for giving me the, the chance to speak. This is like my first time ever doing something like this. I, I If you have a conversation with me, I I, I can tend to get a, a certain level of, I, I bring up ideas for us to talk about, but at the same time, like the whole room quiet and me just presenting stuff to you, I, I don't think I've ever done that before. So thanks. Um, it, it probably was choppy in between, but thanks for keeping up uh, with me. It's a, it's a, it's a really good practice. Um, so yeah, so thank you all and I just want to do some plugs. So I have a few businesses. Um, I'm working on them right now. I'm sort of figuring it out, right? But um, just business plugs. So if you have like friends that have broken iPhones, I fix iPhones. I, I fix screens, batteries. Like I, I, I like sports. I like school, but I also like I, technical things like that too. I, I like doing so. That's one of the things. If you if you want to, if you need somebody to fix up your phone, D 
DM me, right? That's <laughs> that's one of my business plugs. And then another one too is is if you need so, just someone to talk to, right? Um, I've had a pretty decent amount of conversations uh, throughout throughout my time here at TCNJ for meeting people, and I, I tend to categorize them as strategic. Right on conversations like you give me you give me an idea of yours you give me a, a plan of yours and I will create strategies for you to achieve it and, and that's not easy that takes a lot of conversation but I'm willing to do so so if you want to if you need someone to talk to in terms of that re reach out to me too and then another thing too if you have friends that have small businesses right accounting is something that's big right I do bookkeeping. Right, so if you have friends or even your your personal side hustle and you need someone to manage your finances, like I'm your guy, right? So re reach out to me too. So I just want to um, drop a few business plugs. Uh, thank you all. You can get out of my.